You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Brandon, I'd like to start this week's episode a little different. Hmm? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, I got weird news earlier today that my great uncle died. Uh, and want to tell a funny story about it. Alright. So, as Brandon knows, you guys don't know. Well, some of you know because you know me in real life. Uh, I hope. I hope my friends watch this show. <laughs> uh, in my junior year of college, I lost half my finger in a weird accident at my job. Uh, that's a whole story. Don't have to go into fully that. But the night of, my parents were hosting a party and they didn't call it off. <laughs> so I was just like zonked on pain medications, staring at my weird Frankenstein finger all <laughs> sewed up. And my uncle Steve comes up to me and he says, heard you had a bit of an accident. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he looks around to make sure no one else is around. And he leans in and he says, didn't anyone ever tell you? And he puts his hands up and he starts wriggling his fingers. <laughs> Not to put these anywhere but pussy. <laughs> Little did he know he should have probably said bussy for me. But, <laughs> but it's something I remember. I just want to tell that story uh, to honor Uncle Steve. Even though anyone who'd actually listen to this could actually possibly listen to this would be mortified by me telling <laughs> that story about him. But, uh, you know... Well, you'll be missed, Uncle Steve. Yeah. Uh, this is Podzell King of Casters. I'm your host, N.B. Nightingale. And I'm your other host, Brandon. Producer Jasper's taking a little nap. We'll edit out any snores he makes. <laughs> Humans nap, too, and snore. But the reason he can do that on the job is because he's a dog. Mm. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that yet. <laughs> I don't know if you just, like, black out for the last two seconds of the theme song every week. But come back and be Jasper like, is a dog. Like, this Jasper guy's real quiet. <laughs> like, what yeah. is he in it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are in our second Attack on Titan episode. We are covering... Um, so episodes warning, nine, nine through, through 16. Yep. So if you want to listen to this, we're going to go into full spoilers on these episodes. We won't go beyond those episodes because I haven't seen beyond those episodes yep. until the ending where Brandon has a segment about retrospective looks at the episode as someone who's watched everything and read the manga. Uh, and well, but I only spoil things from the anime, so don't worry. Don't worry, people who don't want to read the manga. You're safe. And Brandon will warn you before that. Yep. So, uh, again, so their big thing is I have seen the anime and I've read the manga. I know the whole thing. Nolan is going in this blind. So the dynamic is quite interesting. And I have been a bit, you know, my the first episode, I was very clear. I'm a bit... I was being dragged into this unwillingly. So ask, I enjoyed what I saw, but I was an unwilling participant in it. Yes, so I will ask, now that we are the second half of the season, there's a new OP. It's it's good. I feel like um not as good as OP1, like, if you would listen to them on their own, but I feel like OP1 was so 
incredibly, you know, heard it so many times that the OP2, I think, is a little better for me. But, no, what are your thoughts now that we are um, two thir- about two-thirds away through the season about? We're about half, I think. Well, there's 25 episodes, and we're on episode six, 17. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's huh. about two-thirds. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my thoughts are that I hate you for making me watch the show, Brandon. But oh. not because it's bad. Okay. Because I love the show. <laughs> you fool, I've trapped you in the vice. <laughs> I even came around on Aaron Yeager. I like him now. I like Aaron Yeager. It's mostly because Levi has taken the position of hate in my heart. And <laughs> I like Aaron Yeager. All it took was him giving Armin some self-worth. And I was like, I can't totally hate the guy who's nice to my to my dude. Yeah. Armin's my dude. So, like, this is what's called character development. <laughs> <laughs> On my part or on Aaron Yeager's part? Both. (laughs) (laughs) No no one will follow Aaron's character arc, no matter where it goes. So, um... Am I gonna be a fascist by the end? (laughs) No. (laughs) That is one of the few things I know from cultural osmosis about this show. Mm. Is I think Aaron Yeager becomes a fascist by the Mm. the newer episodes. By the... Oh, by up to date in the yeah in the anime, well, yeah. That's like you'll see when you get there. <laughs> it's a while away, but yeah. the whole so it's been a pretty. So I just work. need. I know that's a bit of a spoiler, but I really need to contextualize the me just yelling. Am I gonna be a fascist by the end of the <laughs> show? <laughs> that needed some clarification. <laughs> I don't know. I just it was show about killing titans, and and now I now I see the point. No. No, like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But, um... Umberto Echo's 15th rule of fascism is fan of Attack on Titan. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we're halfway through. So it sounds like, did you... You found this second batch of episodes connecting with you more than the first ones? I did. Because it gave me something to root for. Okay. I could root for Armin. Good. And I could root for Aaron. Uh, it's poison in your mouth every set, every is, syllable of that. It is. It's like every syllable. This is like how finding Theon Greyjoy to be a good character <laughs> what felt in my mouth in my first read through of the books. I mean, he is. Yeah, but it's a it's a really tough time doing that after what he does to everything. Yeah, but um, spooky stuff. But um, you need second... to literally get five books into the series before <laughs> Theon becomes b- becomes a redeemable character. It takes a lot of suffering too. Yeah, but um, now that we're in two thirds way through season one, so I would say you know your thoughts are that you know these were better. This batch, the second, so that is the the arcs are the Battle of Trost finishes, yeah, and we go and the arc that we finished was Eve of the Counterattack, which is where they're basically like planning on what to do next. So, what happens is so my thoughts about you know as a rewatcher, because keep in mind, folks, I saw seasons when I did my rewatch when I watched the series fairly recently. 
I started with season two. So all of season one, I have not seen since like 2014. Um, this is a good part of the show. Like, I'm kind of surprised myself about, I, you know, in my mind, I was like, yeah, season one is like fine. Like, it's nothing special or anything. But now I'm going through it again. I'm like, no, I can see why this led to this big thing. Like, it's a really good show. It's the heights that it reaches in later seasons, I think, are much stronger. But, like, this is a good base for a show. Yeah. So I'm imp- I'm impressed by how much groundwork they lay into things and just how much, like, foreshadowing they have in this first season. And I'm like, you bastards. But, um, yeah, it was strong stuff. So I think these batch episodes were overall stronger than the first ones. I'm kind of surprised because a good amount of people that are first introduced to the show, Nolan, fall off of it a bit once it's revealed that Aaron can turn into a titan. No, that's like the thing. That's what gets me into the fucking Mm. show. I'm the inverse. I I like them well enough, the first eight episodes. But what got me invested was Aaron Yeager being a titan. Exactly. And that's like the potential that that leads to in later things is like really powerful compared to if it kept with a simple plot. It's also um, a pretty bold move of a show that important of a piece of its premise mm. to wait eight episodes to reveal it. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of ground to cover in this thing, though, because it's like a whole world scenario thing. They yeah, have to. But it's literally sure like, you know. imagine if it took eight episodes of The Sopranos to realize that Tony is in the mob. I mean, that'd, that'd be, be a pretty fuck. that'd be a pretty cool reveal though, if they somehow eluded that and kept you invested for that long. Yeah, because it, it's it, a thing it, that it, boosts just, the narrative. Yeah. But um, so that happened. But um, so overall thoughts are really good batch of episodes. And yeah. before, so we're next gonna go into the let's see our story breakdown yes we're gonna do story breakdowns from episode eight from episode nine to episode 17 so we're trying to keep these a little briefer than last time just to keep you know because we're hoping that you've already seen these but we're going to give you enough info to where you know you can pick up the pace afterwards yeah i don't even think it's like useful to talk about episodes nine and ten as two separate episodes they're very interconnected it's more like one extended episode that just has yeah, cut, been cut in half. The entire episode, both of them are just in the same location with the same cast of characters dealing with the same mm. issue. Yeah, so where we left... I'll start with uh, on the prelude. Where we left off in the story is right when it's revealed that Aaron is a titan. You know, the titan that's not acting like they're titans is beating up other titans and he dies, he falls to the ground, and then Aaron pops out of him. And that is immediately where we start episode nine, whereabouts of his left arm. It's the Trost District Arc Part 5. Episode nine, Aaron wakes up and he's in a bit of a pickle. (laughs) He's being pickled. (laughs) He is in front of a massive fucking firing squad with only Armin and Mikasa like trying to protect him. And he doesn't know he's a titan. He's got no fucking idea what's going on here. Mm. We do get a little flashback to something that 
Brandon made fun of me for thinking. I have to, I'm sorry, Nolan. I have to gaslight you. It's the only way we can keep the secrets. I'm not great at keeping secrets, so I have to over-exaggerate sometimes. You're the gatekeeping girl <laughs> boss. Your I way do. Until the wool is revealed from your eyes when we are finished with Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 1. I'm making a promise now. I will not watch any episodes until we cover them here. But yes. It still doesn't matter because you read the manga. I did, but I don't know the sequence in the anime. Every new episode, it's like, I'm blind to Brandon's deceit. But the Jesus Christ that is Attack on Titan is lifting the scales from my eyes. Any cool Christian kids out there watching? <laughs> Brandon's an atheist, and my mom would get mad if I said I was an atheist. But she knows I'm not like a... She knows I'm not, like, uh, in church singing the hymns every Sunday. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, so yeah. Aaron wakes up and he has a flashback of when he's in uh, in Marx's belly. In Karl <laughs> Marx's belly. And he's just watching some the people around him, like, moaning and di being digested. And he gets so upset, he becomes big. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says, I'm going to kill them all. And he lifts... His stump of an arm, and it leads to an amazing shot that, like, one of the things I've, you know, I don't usually get into, oh, this is symbolism for something, but, like, I mean, it's kind of a birth. <laughs> it is a birth. Like, it's birth symbolism that Aaron yeah. in the in his Titan form bursts out of Karl Marx's big belly. Yeah. And then, and then very noticeably... Uh, remember the nape of a titan is the weak point stops the titan's nape to kill it yeah like it's intelligent enough to know to do that yeah but so anyways then Aaron is still being like so the firing squad is still like ready to shoot Aaron Abradolf Linker leading the squad yeah, I don't think that joke made it to episode last time but the incompetent commander who's running this is a guy who looks like Abraham Lincoln and Adolf Hitler combined, much like the Rick and Morty character. Cringe, Rick and Morty, but <laughs> but Abradolf Linkler. Uh, but so he's like yelling at him, are you a human or are you a titan? And Mikasa's like, I'm going to slit all of your throats, <laughs> which is helping at not at all. Uh, and so anyways, then Aaron yells, I'm a human. And the guy's like, oh, fuck you ain't. And shoot the cannons. And so these cannons that were trained on him the entire time shoot. And like Aaron Yeager's like, oh, no, you don't. I'm going to get so mad I become big. <laughs> and Like he, Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, and he bites himself and he and grabs on to Mikasa and Armin and... Like, instinctually bites his hand. Yeah, and he turns into a titan just in time for the titan's body to be friggin' destroyed. But it shielded Mikasa and uh, Armin from being killed. And that's the end of episode nine. Yeah, I think there's, um... Was it episode nine where... I wrote my notes here, because this could have been episode nine or episode, like, 14... The quote, does he have a, I think he has a flashback there with his dad with the key. Yeah, he has episode. a brief, he has like a brief 
flashback. Yeah. So yeah. a quote that I want people who are watching for the first time or rewatching, you can both get this quote from Aaron Yeager's dad: "Their memories will help you learn your abilities." Is something he's quoted as saying. Yeah. So that's a thing, and then um, I think that's when he, we first get the reveal that Aaron needs to retake Walmaria and see the basement. Yeah. So that happens in episode nine. And now we're on to episode, episode 10. 10 called Answer, which is Trost Part 6. Which is the Armin episode. Yeah, yeah. It's the episode where my my beautiful boy, he, he gets to he gets to shine. Because, you know, it's even though Aaron saved them from that attempt on their lives. It's not like Aberdolph Linkler called it a day after that. No. <laughs> so no. Aaron climbs down from the corpse of the uh, Titan, uh, and Linkler's like, I'm gonna kill you still! And then... But he's gotta wait till the smoke clears from the last attack so he can act, so they can actually accurately uh, get at him. So they've got the time till the smoke dissipates. Mm-hmm. And in that time... Armin is all unassured of himself. He poor guy doesn't believe in himself. But and a thing that's been happening throughout the show, and it hasn't been like a plot point, but it's been a recurring refrain from Armin, is the fact that even though Armin's the brains of the operation, he does not believe in his own self-worth. He thinks his friends are just putting up with him and he's dragging them down. Yes. And as, and Aaron and Mikasa are like begging him to come up with a plan. And he realize and they tell him that he they need him and he realizes his role in the group and he realizes that he has self-worth. Yeah, Aaron says And um, this is when I texted Brandon you son of a bitch, I love this. Because <laughs> I was so crying. Good. It's so good, because Aaron's like, I have two plans, and how it all starts. And he's like, plan one, I'm going to just try to become a Titan again and run straight to the basement. And, and then plan Armin's like, two is, Armin, you come up with something. Yeah, basically, it's like, <laughs> Armin, I'm putting the faith in you, buddy. So, like... And Armin yeah. is... And so the smoke dissipates, they're about to fire again, and Armin just, like comes out and he gives a speech where like it is illogical to kill him he could help us retake the wall yeah he's like up until my last moments i will i will advocate for his strategic value yeah and which is a very interesting thing that keeps going on through this show which is the fact that aaron yeager's life is seen as worthless by the military institute that he inhabits. Like, they don't care that they're killing a guy who just happens to have this ability that he doesn't want to use maliciously. Mm. The only way to argue for his life isn't to argue sanctity of life. It is to argue how they can use him, how they can exploit him, which is probably going somewhere. Uh... Brandon's keeping stone-faced. No comment. I have no words. But yeah, that is an interesting thing. But yeah, so Linkler, uh, Linkler's convinced, but Linkler's also a little... He's he's a bastard. He wants to kill him anyway. Yeah, he's a little wimp. He, 
He's like, I don't care. I don't Armin. know why, but I was about to say he puts the pussy on the chain wax. <laughs> I don't know why that Key and Peel quote appeared, uh, <laughs> seemed like it was right. Damn it! But, but yeah, that actually yeah. no, I, I'm not gonna back off. Of it. <laughs> That's what he he puts the pussy on the chain wax. That's a cool thing, and he's not doing cool thing. No, I don't no, think no, no, it's no. a cool thing. I swear they say it like in, in like a he puts the pussy on the chain wax. Yeah, like. Listen, would that be something you want someone to say about you? No, but like... Exactly! Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, if you want to say who puts the pussy on the chain wax, right when Abradolf Linker, because he has to give a, like a, a command with his hand, yeah. he has to like fire, and he has to use his hand to do that so they can see it. Yeah. As he's about to do it, a hand stops him, and it's motherfucking Pixis, y'all. The yeah. guy who's like the main dude of the of this whole part of the walls. Yeah. And he's like, listen, dude, settle the fuck down. I'm going to be the one who puts the pussy on the chain wax. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> Pixis calls it off, has a talk with Armin and Aaron, where he's like, where Armin explains his plan that Aaron can turn into a titan, take one of the big walls in, the big, uh, the big boulders located in the Trost district. Mm. And use it to clog up the hole that the Titans are funneling through. Yes. Uh, if he t- using his Titan strength and and Pixis is like, I can mean, you do? Will you do this? Yeah, by the way, this? I think we're now in episode eleven. No, this is how episode ten ends. Oh, okay, sorry. It, it picks up right after Aaron's answer, episode eleven. Uh, but yeah, so episode ten ends with him. Being like, can you do this? And Aaron's like, hells to the yeah. Mm. And Aaron Yeager becomes a character I like. Uh, oh, yeah. And then we got episode 11, Idol. I-D-O-L, Trost, part 7. Yeah, we do. Uh, so, in this one, we start off with horny pixies. In a scene that, while it is brief... It is what I remember most. <laughs> Listen, this show needed a little bit of horny in it. Every good prestige show needs a little horny in it. And we get that with Pixies here, in which we find out he's got a vor fetish. In that Pixies has a fantasy of a, an earnest sexual fantasy of dying by being <laughs> eaten by one of the rare female titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that happens. By the way, the next arc of the show after this batch we're discussing is the female titan. So, uh... Foreshadowing? Possibly. I think, <laughs> man, my man's going down a gullet rock hard. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, um, so that, so, uh, yeah, so Pixis, I don't they, remember much of what happened in this episode besides that. Okay. So I wrote Could down you take, uh, that, on this one, <laughs> um, you know, they're talking about Pixis is talking with Aaron and Armin about, yo, like, you know, what's the plan? Oh, fuck. I remember how this episode ends. I just don't remember. I remember the Vor stuff. At the beginning, yeah. and I remember how the episode ends. Okay, so I the, don't remember the in much between, of the middle. The in between is they say, okay, so what we got to do is the boulder is in the corner of Trost, right? So what we have to do is we have to lure all of the Titans we can away from that area. 
because they're going to try to eat Aaron. Because for some reason, like, they say this before, like, Aaron draws the Titans to him. Like, they want to eat him. So, like, what happens is the, um, they have multiple strategies to lure the Titans in. Some of them are killing the stragglers that go, that want to try to get towards the boulder. And a lot of it is, like, just staying put, like, halfway up the wall and letting the Titans, like, try to grab them. Spooky stuff. But, um, that's happening. Prixis gives a speech about how, you know, the Titans aren't the only enemy, quote, and how apparently he has this says about uh he thought that in old stories that like you know a common enemy would bring everybody together but clearly it hasn't because politics are still being a factor here about like how to deal with this and then uh that happens and they go yeah we're gonna have this plan i will say pixies is weird like suicidal plan of just everyone waiting there and not doing much as titan bait Hmm. it's impossible to not read as part of fetish now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more like, people the man's just tempting fade he's like it's like it's like a guy in a gimp suit just like idly walking back and forth in front of a gay bar like <laughs> oh me oh me oh my oh me oh my sure hope no one wants to have sex with me <laughs> oh my god so episode 11 ends with their uh, got with, the plan. they get aaron to the boulder yeah aaron's like i'm Tra- about to yeah he transforms i'm gonna get angry and go big <laughs> big time crunch it takes a bite out of his arm he turns big mikas is there and she's like oh i love how big my man gets Oh, and it's the first time someone explicitly calls her out on having a crush on Aaron. Yeah. And, like, the leader of the... The actual leader of the military squad that has Mikasa on it and is helping with this uh, thing, uh, like, calls her out on it. Like, you're into him. And she's like, no, it's not like that. But she's all blushy like an anime person. Yeah. Uh, And then... (laughs) But, yeah, so anyways, Aaron goes big immediately turns around fucking tries to punch her to death just a murker and that's the end of the episode and it says to be continued and then cut to episode 12 flaw is the name of this name this one okay, yeah uh so yeah and we'll discuss this one then we'll go on commercial break because that's halfway through the episodes yep uh, so good yeah we'll get this episode and then commercial and then we'll be back for the rest of the summary and a few yeah. a couple uh a question that I have, along with a couple other things. Okay, so, yeah, so, in this episode, Ikasa had survived the attempt on her life by Chet. Chet, Chet the Titan, yep. That's what we call tit- uh, Aaron's Titan form. No yep. one calls him Chet. Yeah. Chet tries to punch her a couple more times, and she's, like, diverting him until Chet punches himself in the face so hard... It breaks his hand off, and yeah. it, the, the, his hand is just stuck in his fucking face. And he just collapses, and he doesn't regenerate. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, usually, you know, Titans sustain damage, but they almost immediately grow back. Yeah. But, like, he's not doing that. He's lying up against the boulder and just smoking while he's just... Yeah, then I feel like... Do we get a flashback in this section? Um... We get I'm a lot of Okay, I remember sure. there's... So the things I wrote down is that this is when they're trying to be like, we got to defend Aaron because like all the Titans are like, yeah, wanting to get at him. Keeping the perimeter around him. And then uh, they send up a, 
the yellow flare, which is the the, the like, mission like you know pause yeah, or yeah, failure. missions in in peril. Kind yeah, of thing. and Pixis ignores it and is like, "We wait." And Arm, but Armin is so worried. Who he's at the wall. He's he's at a he's at Pixis's fetish fest. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so Armin's just like yeah. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> our producer was fucking with the equipment and uh, and knocked uh they knocked something over. <laughs> he's a dog, so it's impressive he could do anything with the equipment. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so Armin's just like. I need to go help. And he goes, he technically goes AWOL. Yeah, he, he technically does, does some some light treats. <laughs> uh, a hint of treason as a treat. And runs off to to go to the location. And he gives Aaron's smoldering body, in, or Chet's smoldering body, such a pep talk that Aaron mm. hears it inside, regenerates. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. get into that for a second. So... Armin's a smart dude because he knows that Aaron is in Chet's nape. So what he does is he realizes that cuts it open. That's right. Yeah. Remember he, he takes a sword and he slash, he, he measures. He's okay. This is where the nape is. I'm going to go like a foot to the left. So I stab like around his shoulder and I'll like stab him in the heart and stuff. So he stabs him. And as this is happening, Aaron is like imagining this dream world where he's still with his family. Yeah. And he's just hanging out with them and having a good time with Mikasa and his mom and his dad. And, like, all everything's good. And it's kind of a really interesting, like, dream sequence thing. Because he, he's inside this his house, right? But he can't see anything outside the windows but Armin. And Armin's, like, right on the other end. And he's, like, it looks like, to Aaron's mind, he's knocking on the window to try to get in. And he's like, Ar-. he's like, Aaron, let me in, let me in. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm so cozy here. And he has like a blanket around him. And he's like, little kid Aaron. And Armin's like, don't you remember? We're going to explore the outside world. Volcanoes, forests, snow, all that, Aaron. Like, we need to explore all this. We need to go. And then Aaron like goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to kill all the Titans. Ah, and he gets, like, really mad. And, like, the whole... His he gets whole angry dream, and he gets big again. And he gets... Uh, he doesn't get big again, but he, he gets control of the back of Chet. Yeah. He gets Chet controlled back. And that is where episode 12 ends. Yep. Uh, now we're going to go to a brief commercial break. We'll see you in a bit. なったね。あれはシンギキの口今日人はお腹が減ると、デビ夫人みたいに怒りっぽくなるの。すぐに追加ぞ。うん。お腹が空いたらスニーカーズ。うん。お腹が空いたらスニーカーズ。うん。お
But uh, so episode 13 is called Primal Desire, where Aaron goes or Chet. See, this is the thing. They named an episode Primal Desire, despite the decided unhorniness of the show. <laughs> you can't give me horny titles and then just not horny it. <laughs> yep. All right, but so Primal Desire. I remember the bro. So these are the episodes that we watch alone. So I watched this a few days ago. All righty. But so, do you want me to give it a swing and see what I miss? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Primal Desire. Uh, Chet does his thing. Uh, picks up the rock. Picks up the rock. He clogs it up. Uh, the military swoops in and kills all the Titans in trust. And this is where we get a proper introduction to Levi's squad, specifically yeah. Oh, yeah. Levi himself, Hanji, and I think Irwin's there too. Oh yeah, because so after after he puts the uh, rock in, uh, that's enough to kill Chet for this time around. And Aaron pops out, but he's like and. They're having trouble getting him out, and Titans are approaching them. Mm. And they eventually cut him out, but he's fucking steaming. Yeah, and it's gross. Levi comes in and saves him, and the world is introduced to... <laughs> you know how Taco Bell has the Crunchwrap Supreme? I, yes. Attack on Titan has the Fuckboy Supreme. <laughs> and that is Levi. <laughs> he's got a Fuckboy haircut... A fuckboy attitude, and like most fuckboys, distinctly does not fuck. <laughs> oh my god. So, yep, this Levi, one of the, uh, I would say one of the most popular characters of the show, obviously. Um, yeah, because, because he's got a little undercut, like a, like a fucking BTS boy. So, obviously... A, the fan base for this is largely teen girls. We are watching a show that the fan base is largely teen girls. Nolan, Nolan, the fact that you mentioned the three letters BTS means we're going to get hate mail. <laughs> the mere fact those letters have come together in this episode means I'm going to have to sift through a lot of shit. <laughs> you are. So, the... Yeah, so episode 13, Problem Desire, you know, it ends with Aaron locked up under, in the, you know, in a basement of some, like, big building, and... And Levi's like, we can get you to the basement, we're going on a mission, you're under my control. Oh, also, Marco dies. Yeah, off screen. We, yeah, we find, it's just Gene finds Marco's fucking desiccated body during the cleanup of the dead. Yeah, because oh. they're after the Tross thing is, uh, you know, after the boulder comes in, they're able to kill the rest of the Titans with the cannons safely away, yeah. and then they, you know, clean up all the remains and stuff because they don't want to prevent an, uh, they want to prevent an outbreak. So episode thirteen. So again with the the very, I would say charged imagery of things. So like episode nine has kind of Aaron going through like a rebirth thing, where he literally, you know. Or Chet. <laughs> Episode 13. It's got to be purposeful how that boulder is like perfectly spherical. Like when when yeah. Chet's holding it. I mean, that's Atlas imagery. 
is this a Randian show? <laughs> Aaron shrugs. Yeah, Aaron's <laughs> gonna shrug one day. <laughs> but like, also, I think. But like, it's so it's so circular. Like, it has to be a purposeful visual imagery that Aaron, like, you know, by defending the walls from the Titans, it's like, you know, he's he, he's holding them up. Can we just say... Atlas Shrugged is a very dumb name for a book. Like, I feel like the fact that it's got... It, I mean, it's horrible, but it's got a lot of literary importance mm. makes us, like, take that name more seriously. But it's a dumb fucking name. You're gonna put in your serious drama shrugged in the title? <laughs> you don't think putting a Greek fucking mythological figure in there doesn't negate the fact that you put shrugged in there. <laughs> I don't know. I think I get what the what the imagery is, is you know, yeah. like like in, eventually the people who hold the burden of the world, which in Rand's in Rand's mind are the rich. Are gonna shrug and let it fall off their backs. Yeah, but but I don't know what else we would really have else to call it. Like Atlas dropped it. <laughs> I mean, you don't have Atlas did a whoopsie. You just don't do that imagery. Just I mean, it's a. I mean, nothing about the book. Not a good no. Not a good book or anything. But like, I the imagery is is interesting because you know Atlas is only with the world, and what if he just said fuck it <laughs> like. Like, that is an interesting idea. But, like, the imagery's there. I'm not saying the book's good. It's not. We're going like, to get a weird confluence of libertarian <laughs> K-pop stands <laughs> hating this episode. No. But it, it's interesting imagery, though. I don't think it means not this verb, but, like, you know. But it's better than Atlas dropped it. Atlas did a little whoopsie. A fucky-wucky. <laughs> Fuck it, said Atlas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, that is the end of the Trost arc. So at the end, Air, so Aaron... Fuck it, said Atlas by Annie Randy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the end, Commander Irwin, who leads the scouts, and Levi, they know they want to get to the basement. And Whatever the fuck is going on with Aaron's whole Titan thing, yeah, and there are answers in Aaron's basement at his house in Shigochima that is in Wall Maria. Yeah, and Levi is like, you're under my command now. We're doing this mission. Cut to an episode that's entirely about... Uh, re about the fact that that is not the case, but ends with it being the case. It's a fun episode, though. Like, it kind of... Episode 14 is called Can't Look Into His Eyes Yet. You know, I could try to do the summary for a couple of these here. Yeah, go for it. It's um, a, I, I hog the summaries, and you're better at them, so you should I'm hog. Not, <laughs> I don't think the only reason I could I We're could entering a more. kangaroo court, folks. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this trial will not stand. Just kangaroo like, court just like this episode being in the court so it's can't look his eyes yet even the counterattack part one so this episode brings up some really interesting world building about what has really happened to like the world like people within the walls since wall maria fell because one of the things is it'll start with aaron is realizes he is in the basement of the courthouse because the whole thing is they want to keep Aaron in the basement at all times. 
because if he accidentally transforms, he's you know he's not gonna break and kill people because he's yeah. gonna be stuck in the basement. And much like as famous author R.L. Stein once asserted, people know to stay out of the basement. <laughs> yes. So Aaron is at trial for what pe- what are they going to do with him? Because there's a few different factions of what they're thinking. There's the very start of the episode has Pixis and Erwin having a casual chat above the um walking yeah. along the wall. Where Pixis is like, I'm on your side, bro. And also, can I go? I want to get bored. But- <laughs> He's like, listen, dude. I fully agree that Aaron is a good, is a benefit for humanity and everything. But like enough of my constituents and stuff don't think that. That I really, the best I can do is just not support the military police. Yeah. With their claim is, fuck Aaron. We're gonna like kill him. Yeah. Like he's a monster. He's a bad dude. Because the military police are like kind of the, they're the cops of the Attack on Titan world. Yeah. Like fuck this dude. He's going to get more people killed and he's going to like go crazy. We Let's just take him out. I feel like I should double back now right. and say, and make it clear that when it was revealed that Pixis wants to get bored by a Titan, <laughs> this wasn't like something in, just in private he was saying. He said this to Armin, <laughs> a cadet he just met. <laughs> which implies this is something he tells a lot of people, which is why I think every scene with Pixis should end with like whatever character he was talking to is still there. And another character comes up and is like, hey, were you, were you just talking to Pixis? You know, that guy fucking wants to get bored by a Titan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you not talk about that? (laughs) That is all that consumes my thoughts. It is one line of dialogue. And you know it's going to happen. It's going to be like Cabin in the Woods when Bradley Whitford finally gets the mermaid and it's just there to kill him. (laughs) My God. All right. So anyways, so in episode 14, the big commander guy of all three... Uh, factions in the military shows up. Can't remember his name at the top of my head. I think it was Zeger or something. Like, um, he's got a he's he kind of looks like a bit like Santa Claus. Yeah. White hair, beard. He's in charge of all three of the military dist- of the military branches in this in the you know in this government. Yeah. And he, so and he's running. He's the uh, judge for this case. Judge, jury, and not executioner, but like he said, yo, if I think you, like you know, if I agree with the military police right here. We're gonna kill you. We're just gonna kill you. I mean, given how fine that man looks, he's the judge, jury, and sex executioner. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what happens is every single every single time I'm horny on Maine here, I'm setting LGBT rights back a year. It's adding up. We're oh, back no. to Stonewall, baby. <laughs> no, stop it. No, it's too much. <laughs> don't don't keep going. It's gonna take a while to get back. If I keep hey, if I keep going bad enough, I'll get back to a time where it was okay. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. So they're arguing about what to do. So the military police bring up that yo, you know, it's like oh, what are your opening hearings? Right. It's between the scouts and the military police. The you know the the inner wall people are having no involvement with this. So the 
the military police start their case with versus the scouts. Military police versus the scouts. Military police goes, fuck this dude. Fuck Aaron. We want to kill him. He's a monster. And we go, okay. And then they bring up that, yo, okay. And then scouts, what is your defense to, you know, well, why do you want to take Aaron? And they're like, listen, Aaron is an important asset to us. And with his Titan ability, we can retake Walmaria. That's it. Yeah. That's all they say. That's basically their whole case. Is that so? Military police start with, "Yo, did you see that? Like Aaron and Mikasa, like fucking murked some people. <laughs> like some like they were fucking terrible people. But like they murked him when he was just ten. And then people start getting crazy because he also brings up that Aaron is tech in his uh, Titan form. You know, Chet attacked Mikasa, and everyone was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And they start getting really fanatical and being like, "Mikasa could be a Titan too. We can't trust her." Because it's a courtroom full of like like lords and military dudes and like a big mix of people. And one of the things I think I think it's it's touched upon, but it's only really properly introduced here, I think, as a care in a character, is the cult is the the religion of the walls. Yeah. Where they're the main I would say they're like the pretty much the prominent religion where they believe that, like, you know, God created these walls for us and, like, you know, sinner, if you try to desecrate the walls and even do things like trying to put cannons on the walls and do anything involving touching the walls, like, you are terrible and you are a sinner. And, like, you know, they're a pretty small group, but since Walmaria has fallen, a lot more people have joined them. And they're kind of more of a prominent, like, organization now. So they're like, fuck Aaron, like, he's a devil and, like, the walls are gonna close in on him and and stuff. It's like, okay, huh. So that happens. You know, and... I wonder what a hymn for their church sounds like. When the walls keep tumbling tumbling down down in the the city city that we love... (laughs) <laughs> we can't sing much more of this because of copyright law. Yeah, so anyways. Um, but if it's parody, <laughs> we can sing it all like no one has before. <laughs> oh, we can. Yeah. So what happens is they argue over who's going to get him. And then eventually Aaron, you know, gets frustrated and is like, you dumb idiots. Like. Oh, I you're all cowards and I gotta save you all from this from the Titans and stuff. And I'm gonna like prove you all wrong, you cowards. And then like in the middle of his like rant in the in like kind of the worst possible time to do that, suddenly he just starts getting his ass beat by Levi. Because yeah. Aaron's chained up to like a post. Like, but Aaron but Levi just starts kicking the shit out of Aaron. Like Blooding him up, smacking him around. And then he Levi basically says at the end, it's like, yo, listen, like, he doesn't seem t- so tough to me. We're going to do a mission outside the walls to prove that Aaron is a useful asset. And, like... And a big part of it is also the fact that it's showing that Aaron can keep his emotions in check enough. That even though... That he doesn't turn into Chet, even though he's getting his ass beat seven ways to Sunday... Yeah, to show that, you know, yeah. he's not as volatile as people think he is. So it's like, yo, check this out. And he says, if Aaron goes rogue and nuts, I will kill him myself. Like, you know, we got plenty of dudes. If he goes AWOL, we can we can deal with it. Yeah. 
So then the guy, the commissioner, you know, the head of the whole three branches goes, sounds good to me, dudes. And that's where that episode ends. Yeah. And so then. Okay. Episode 15, Special Operations Squad uh, called Eve of the Counterattack Arc is what we've been on now. Part two, where we get introduced to the whole <laughs> Levi squad, where we got, we let me make sure that get the run down the name. So we got L. Jin, who's the blonde guy who sniffs Aaron at the start of the episode, and like, huh, I'm I'm trying to get a good feel for him. I like yeah. sniffing him. And then we got Olio, who. Oh is wait, like, we didn't talk about how that uh, the tooth thing. Oh yeah, so the episode. So yeah, so episode. What the fuck's the number? Fourteen. Fourteen ends with, so. Uh. What the fuck? The Hanji. Hanji, uh, Hanji, who is a a, a Titan scientist. Yeah, one of the yeah. members of Levi Squad. Yeah, no. and is very interested in Aaron. Uh, as a result, uh, she is pointing out the fact that Levi did not have to go as hard on the beating as he did, and she he knocked, knocked a out tooth. a tooth. And then she looks in his mouth and sees that he's grown the tooth back. Yeah, so it shows that. Even outside of his Titan form, Aaron can regenerate. Or so. it just shows that those were baby teeth. <laughs> Real He's quick pretty growing. young. <laughs> pretty quick growing growth spurt of the teeth. Listen, so. Would it be weirder to be able to re for your regenerative powers to grow a whole new adult tooth? Or would it be weirder if it just grew back pushed, baby tooth? Yeah, put no just pushed out the uh, pushed out the adult tooth a little sooner after losing the baby. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I guess it could go either way. But um, now we're on episode 15, Special Operations Squad. So we get introduced to Levi's squad. So I also talked about Elgene. Ulia has like a Jean-like haircut. He's kind of more like a bit of a pervy dude. Bit of a bit of a sarcastic guy. Yeah, and then... We got Petra, who's the red-headed gal who made OTP! OTP! <laughs> oh, she is down bad for Aaron Yeager. <laughs> She's also an adult and he's a teenager, so gross. Yeah. But in shipping, there's no such thing as ethics. Uh, so what happened? The American Medical Association can't find me here. No. <laughs> so I say that as if I'm a doctor. Yeah. What the fuck? That matters at all to my. Trust me, I'm not a doctor, so I can do that. Yeah. No, no thanks. Gross. Yeah. So unfortunately, all doctors have to be anti-shippers. <laughs> So, uh, there, Gunther's the last guy, a bit of a dark, he has a bit of a darker skin and he's got like, um, like a teardropped hair look to him. So that's all the members of, uh, Levi Squad along with Hanji. So episode 15 introduces that they've actually captured two Titans from Trost. Sonny and Bean are the name of the Titans. So throughout the rest of the episode, Hanji is doing experiments on Sonny and Bean to try to figure out like what makes Titans tick. Right? Yeah. So they figured out that... She's torturing them. Basically, yeah. Like, they, she has them, like, all nailed down to, like, the ground. But she feels real bad about it, ooh, so it's okay. <laughs> Titans don't have rights. <laughs> but, um... You want to talk about Titan rights? Let's talk about Titan wrongs. <laughs> Goddamn. So, Hanji's experimenting on them and, like, seeing what they do, so it's like... She tries to see, you know, she realizes that oftentimes Titans are less active at night when you yeah. deprive them of sunlight. 
So they stop moving around as much. They don't need to eat or drink or sleep or anything. They don't need to dr- uh, breathe air. Like they're all like they don't eat for sustenance or anything. And yeah. their whole thing is like she's trying to get to the bottom of this, and she keeps airing up all night trying to explain to him some of the theories she has. And doesn't even break like a fraction of it. No, like there's a lot of and, questions about it. And so one of the things here is that. Hanji almost gets killed by the Titans like three times, and it's like real fucking close. Like, how does she still have all of her limbs? <laughs> like, she's not careful at all. I think at some point, a Titan somewhere would have just took a little taste. <laughs> took a finger. Yeah. Took an arm. Yeah. So that happens, and right after Aaron and Hanji's all-nighter... It gets revealed that Sean and Bean are, or Sean and Bean, Sonny and Bean are dead. <laughs> Sean Bean is dead. <laughs> Sonny and Bean have mysteriously died. Like out of nowhere, they were doing fine, but come the mo- late morning, they are dead. Yeah, and and no one knows who did it, and. Aaron's staring at the corpses, and Arwen, or Erwin, uh, Erwin, Commander Erwin, Erwin leans in and asks him, "What do you think the enemy is? Yeah, is it what or who? I think it's. I'll make sure I get it right. <laughs> well, Brandon looks up, looks that up. I should better explain my shipping stances." Okay, so I don't actually ship the adult and the teenager. That would be weird to me. I do not think people who do that with fictional characters, especially animated ones, are weird, though. So I'm very... So what you can say is I have a politician's both sides stance on the shipping wars. God damn it. Hey, it's... Well, I was thinking it'll it's, it'll be what saves us from scrutiny, but then I realized no, both sides will attack us. Then we'll get the pros and the antis. The only anti I'm cool with is antifa. <laughs> I'm pretty certain is it's what or who do you think the enemy is? Yeah. What or who? They're both they're both similar words. So the, the, basically, it's like listen. Things are a little deeper here than you think. Yeah. We're like, there's something going on here deeper. And then that's where the episode ends. It just alludes yeah. that Sean that says, you know, Sonny and Bean, they were doing fine. And now they're dead. Yeah. Because so, Han, you know, Hanji was looking into him and dead. Yeah. And then uh, not much else. Not much happens in this next episode. So. Uh, we can, we'll yeah. get through it fast, then we can get to my top five anime moments. Yeah. So episode 16 of Attack on Titan is just called, it's, you know, it's Eve of the Counterattack Part 3. And it's what needs to be done now. So it's basically, they're trying to figure out who killed Sean and B. Like, you know, was it one of the cadets? Like, who did that weather around? But that's not really the most, the biggest no, focus of the episode. it's a little thing. The biggest focus of the, I mean, that's going to come back, I assume. Mm. 
eventually that uh, it'd be bad storytelling if it didn't but uh but what the main focus is the old cadet crew deciding who wants to be a scout or not yeah and eventually peer pressure dictates that all the characters we know who are still alive sign up yeah. yeah sign up for the scouts except annie not well annie does but then Oh yeah. So she go. Everyone goes to the meeting, and then our Irwin gives like the speech where he's like, "Most of you are going to die." Yeah, he's like sixty percent of our of the scouts have died within four years. Yeah. He says there's likely that thirty percent of you are going to die in this mission. Who wants to do it? <laughs> and most of the giant crowd there dissipates, Please. including Annie. She's like, I'm, I can't do this. I, no. But Gene almost leaves, but he's good. But you know, even though she's crying, who does not falter at all? Who stays there? Mm. The potato girl herself, who Woo! had not gotten to properly shout out because she didn't really have <laughs> much to do this batch. Not much. She, like, she appeared in most of the episodes, but, like, for a scene Background. and a line or two. Yeah. Uh, but she's not been the focus, but... Sasha Woo! is a scout and she she's got like the funniest fucking line. <laughs> I, I, what was it? It was something like, oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> or no, it's, like, it's so like she after she's left, she's fucking crying and she's just, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But yeah, she stood anyway. She stayed anyways. Yeah. And Gene has a moment where he thinks back to Marco about how fucked up that was, but he still stays. Gene's also definitely gay for Marco. He's gay for his dead friend. Hmm. But then, I'm mostly basing this off of a weird, like, vision he has. But then, Aaron also has the same <laughs> vision of Marco when he finds out at the end of the episode that Marco was dead. So was everyone gay for Marco? <laughs> the thruffle. <laughs> the, fa the fallen... The fallen gay. Everyone's gay for Marco. But no one's gay for Mole Man. <laughs> oh. So, uh, have you ever... You've heard... I've sent you Hans Mole Man quotes before. Yeah, yeah. The best Simpsons character. <laughs> yeah. So, the episode, you know, is ending with... They are mounting up. And they're yeah. going to... Because thing is... Wall trust the trust, uh, you know, city gate is blocked, mm -hmm. so they have to ride around it to get back. But their goal is we're going straight to Wall Maria and we're going to. Uh, Aaron's gonna use his power somehow, he's gonna plug this hole. Yeah. We're going straight there. We have this big battle command lines. Uh, you know, there's some things where the Hanji squad or Levi squad just hangs out <laughs> and just talks and like. Talks about like you know their time, how many titans they've killed, cleaning out the castle. So it's scenes like, of Petra being down bad. Yeah, like it's yeah. more of a. It, I feel like it's a lot more of an epilogue to the big first half of the season, and now we're going to start jumping into the second, the big part of the arc for the rest of the season. Yeah. So get excited for that. But the ending is all the scouts. You know, all the cadets, all of uh, Aaron's friends who become scouts are now all together. And they're now all riding out. And yeah. Erwin's like, 
forward yeah and they all rush out of the gate and that's where the episode ends and so that's our summary that's the whole thing and now it is time for nolan's top five anime moments yep so number number five number five has got to be who it's gonna be uh mikasa just threatening to kill an entire uh, firing squad. That was pretty dope. It's pretty girl boss. <laughs> it was. Number four. Number four would be... Uh, and this is from the same episode. But Aaron biting his hand to shield Mikasa and Armin. Mm. It's a pretty cool shot right yeah. there. Number three. My girl Sasha's staying. Mm. Staying and just crying, but staying there anyways. Oh, yeah. She is committed. Yeah. Number two. Number two is Armin's speech standing up for for Aaron's strategic value in front of the firing squad. I really thought that was going to be your number one. No. Oh, you ask you the question. Bastard. Say the number. <laughs> Say it. So Nolan, let's move on. <laughs> Say right. it. Number one. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. Come on. I'm Pixies. Like, yeah. Say what's, it. What's Pixies doing, Nolan? What's Pixies gonna say? <laughs> yeah. uh, saying that he wants to get bored by a female dining. <laughs> it's the best moment. <laughs> I've been puffing and puffing about the Armin speech being what won me over. But it's the Pixies moment of unadulterated horniness. Oh my god. Ah, uh, it hurts. So, okay. that's... Okay, so... Moving on from that. Um, so we should talk about what we're doing next week, and then well, we move I on to our final segment. One more thing. Oh, yeah, way. sure. This is the question I was meaning to ask. So, <laughs> Nolan, who do you think the enemy is? What's Erwin on to? We're supposed to think it's the Titans. But, like, any post-apocalyptic thing where the bad guys don't actually have a per- the opportunity to have a personality... It's man. Hmm. Man is the greatest monster. <laughs> the defenseless titans are are just fighting back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think the titans are good. I think they're. Wait a second! What's that gate like? Gas keep girl boss me. What? The defenseless titan, that mocking tone, that what? insincere little snide <laughs> look on your face. That's no. actually what it's going to be. It's really not. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so I, I think Bully. the titans are a neutral thing. Like, they're just animals. They just wander around eating. Uh, well, the only people. We have it coming. <laughs> uh, but, but clearly it's the humans... Who are capitalizing on this situation to subjugate the masses. Mm. Because the people of Walsina, Walrose, and Walmaria have nothing to lose but their chains. (laughs) (laughs) 
Humans of the world, unite! <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. A specter is haunting Europe. A specter known as the Colossal Titan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, you... Alrighty, I won't comment on any of that. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm entirely in, wrong. I'm, I'm interested, you know... I am entirely wrong, and I know who the villain or who the enemy really is. All right. Those who would subjugate pixies to horny jail. <laughs> the Let the horny monsters. roam free into the mouths of as many lady titans as they want. Uh, no. No. But, okay, so it's a good to get a gauge of where you think things are going and where you're, you know, thinking where... That's where the big reveal stuff's happening. So that's cool. So, um, so anyways, uh, we're going to bring out socials and what we're doing next week. And then we're going to get to the big spoilery part. Yeah, we're bringing where... out socials. Ice cream social. Boston Common. <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> that's but, um, a joke. I mean, if you guys want to get ice cream, like. I don't have that many friends in the city, so like I'm open to it. But <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, so we'll get the socials, and then I'll do the you know, no one cover your ears thing, and bring up. There's a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of things that I think are reminding me of later things in the series. Mm -hmm. So okay. Uh, so the socials are first off, we can say that next week we are covering another Heizai Godzilla film. Going to be Godzilla versus Mothra. 1992. 1992. Same year as uh, Reservoir Dogs. Oh. That has nothing to do with it, but <laughs> I've got a Rain Man knowledge of film no of film dates. Well, there you go, then. Same year. So, maybe there's a cameo. <laughs> but uh, that'll be a fun one. Get a lot of good vibes from Heizai so far, so I'm excited about that. Just... Mothra's flying around is stuck in the middle with you. Oh, my goodness. Why then, I don't know why you came here tonight. <laughs> I got, got the, the feeling Godzilla ain't right. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if it's actually like them versus because usually they team up or something. Yeah, and we'll see. We don't know yet. I haven't looked it up. But Godzilla was firmly in neutral territory, but Mothra has never been portrayed as a villain as far as I'm sure. Yeah, so Mothra's definitely gonna be a good guy, but I wonder if it's like yeah. Mothra Godzilla team up or what. But anyways, um, so our socials are, you can follow us on our Twitter at Podzilla KOTC and our, yeah, so that's uh, where, that's can, a social media. You can, that's G, you can email us at uh, kingofthecasters at gmail.com. Yeah. If and you're having trouble spelling king of the casters, you're on an episode of our podcast right now. It's in the title. Just, just look. Just, just look up. Just copy it over. Just uh, remove the capitalizing and, and the spaces. Yeah. And gmail.com. So send oh, us, and an at in between there. Yeah, at gmail.com. So we'll have uh, all that and stuff. And don't spell out dot. Just put a, put a period. <laughs> yeah, dot. The dot com. So we'll have us, you know, we like hearing uh, questions you send, movie requests specifically or stuff we're really looking for right now. That'd be really fun. And, you know, let us know your top five anime moments from this batch <laughs> of episode. And tell me, like, how, tell me how many of you, like, also think that the best anime moment from this batch is Pixie's Vor fetish. Uh... <laughs> so, Nolan... 
Oh, I gotta cover my Plug ears, those goddamn ears. Shit's gonna get skeevy here. So again, folks, um, you gotta know. So I'm telling you right now, folks, please, 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 if you have not listened, if you haven't watched the rest of the Attack on Titan show up until uh, finishing season four, part one, at the end of that, do not listen to this. I'm gonna spoil everything. So for re for rewatchers here, so here's what I noticed. On episode nine, there the colossal titan attacked Trost the day after the best scouts left with Levi and his squad. When they left, that's when the colossal titan attacked. That's when Berthold thought was the best time, along with you know Reiner and Annie and stuff. So you know we get um so many shots in the in these episodes, especially episode nine with Annie, Berthold, and Reiner together, all together doing that. So then episode 10 is, you know, with the armed speech episode. Bertolt, Annie, and Reiner run to the single cannon fire as part of their mission. So Bertolt, Annie, and Reiner hear that cannon fire at Aaron and run to it as part of their mission to find the founding Titan. Because they're trying to find it and they realize that maybe that's Aaron when they saw him transform. So that was interesting stuff. So episode 11. Wow. When episode 11, Pixis is giving his speech for their plan to retake Trost, and Connie's like, geez, you can't be serious when he says when he says Aaron could turn to a Titan, and then Ymir is there and looks at him and says something like, shush, I'm listening, with a bead of sweat on her forehead. Episode 12, there's Aaron is definitely drawing them in because... You know, they want to get that sweet, sweet spinal fluid. Reiner tells Annie to not mourn and to help bury them because that's the best they can do. So on to episode 14, how much happens there? But in 15, there's obviously, you know, Sanji, Sani and Bean are murdered by the, or, you know, they're murdered by like, you know, they're killed by the military police because the scouts were being too close to the truth about the situation. So that's, a, that's about it. So that's it. All right. You got rolling through the trees. Oh. All right. So that's it. So uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. We'll see you next time, baby. Woo.